You ready? I think I'm ready. Let's do it. What's up, guys and gals? I'm John Lindemann, and there is J.R. Parks, and this is What Makes Us Human. What's going on, J.R.? Oh, not much. I uh, got, got away a few hours this afternoon, did a little bit of fishing, so it's nice because I had to work yesterday, which I'm not used to working on Saturdays. Ooh, so. yeah. Well, have you any fish? Eh, it didn't do real good, but uh, it was fun to get away a little bit. Yeah, it's nice to plop one in the water. How are things going with you? Uh, going all right. Going all right. Um, been a busy weekend, but here we are. This is one of my favorite parts of the weekend. So I guess that sounds weird if this is coming out on a Wednesday. It's true, but yeah. it is Sunday night when we're recording. Yeah, so. in, in real land, it's Sunday night. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's been a busy weekend, but it's been good. I got some rain this weekend. Had a powerful thunderstorm yesterday evening. Knocked the power out for an hour and a half. I saw that. I don't think we got a drop at the house, but North Idaho apparently got hit pretty hard. Oh, we got smacked in the face. I saw a lot of trees down and stuff. Yeah. It was nice, though, to have the power out, <laughs> you know, turn everything off a little bit. and uh, Calming for a little while. Yeah, just sit there with the dog and watch God throw a temper tantrum outside. Until you until until it's been out long enough that you start worrying about the stuff in the fridge and the freezer. Oh, yeah. I guess this was an hour and 20 minutes. But, yeah. uh, and then uh, today we got our house finished being painted. So uh, Finally. Yes. Moved in around Valentine's Day, um, but this has been the year of years to get anything done. So yeah. uh, we finally are in and finished. Awesome. So well, we've been in since February, but we finally have a front door the color my wife wanted it. Yeah, and you know closets and those important things. Yes. All right. Well, today we are talking about tears and crying. I don't know how you want to title this one, but. Um, Tears streaming down your face, welling up in your eyes, okay, and um, and crying. And this one, so last week, what did we talk about? Barbecue, barbecue. I had a barbecue sandwich yesterday. Um, just you know, we did the podcast, and I yesterday I had time to go get lunch on my own. And you know, it's a fine art dining by yourself. Sure. So I went over to Randy's, and I got a corner booth where I looked out the window, and nodded everybody else, and. Uh, I had a barbecue sandwich and studied for the podcast, and it was kind of nice. I told the kids I had lunch by myself today at Randy's, and my son said, "That's sad, Dad. That's pitiful." <laughs> and I said, "Not if you know how to go about it, you know." You gotta have something, something to read, something to, something to do, something to do. Yeah. Um, but where was I going with that? But but this time, oh, so barbecue does make us human. There's a lot to it, and we talked about the community of eating. Um, the community of hanging around while you're smoking the meat and chit-chatting and talking and sharing stories and this and that and the other. Um, this is a little on the nose, almost literally, as the tear drips off your nose. Um, you know, what makes us human? Well, you don't literally, you don't usually see your dog crying. He may howl, or she may howl. Um, or he yelp, or... Right. But you don't, you don't typically see an animal weeping okay now there is some there's a little bit of debate over whether elephants cry we do know they produce tears and man there's nothing sadder than seeing an image up close of an elephant's eye with a tear in it i mean that'll wreck a that'll wreck a sunny day jack all right yeah but um all right so you ready sure 
All right, here, we, here goes nothing. All right, in 1662, 1662, long time ago, Danish scientist Niels Stinson, not Neil, but Niels, so it's like there's two of him. <laughs> Niels Stinson in 1662 discovered that tears start in the lacrimal gland. L-A-C-R-I-M-A-L. You ever heard of the lacrimal gland? I don't think so. Is this a tear duct or what we would call a tear duct or is this different? This is a gland. Okay. It's right there in the orbital area, tucked away just nicely. Um, so maybe some MMA fighters have had theirs destroyed. I don't know. Uh, but it's tucked away nicely in the orbital space. I'm the Socket. guy that couldn't. I'm the guy that couldn't think up. Uh, oh my gosh! Now your ear canal. Remember oh, that yeah. in the uh, body on Summerton Beach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> orbital socket. There you go. All right. So if you need a body part name, Jr. is your guy. <laughs> <laughs> so he found that the lacrimal gland is responsible for producing tears, and evidently for years and years. For centuries, there are some wackadoo theories as to what tears were and where they came from. Okay. Like really weird. Like your heart was overheating and, and it produced some sort of steam from the moisture in your body. So kind of and this came the out your eyes. sweat basically from yeah. your eyes for your heart, I guess. Right. Yeah, there were some really oddball theories. Fascinating. Very. Uh, Charles Darwin once posited that emotional tears are purposeless. Let that hang out there for a second. Okay. Now, I'm not sure if that's... I know that his daughter passed away at a young age. And I know that that is no thing that anybody should have to go through. And I couldn't find out. If I had a month, I could probably figure it out. But only had a week for this. But I'm very interested to know if he said that after she passed. Because I know that was very hard on Darwin when she died. Um, and and that, that statement just has a lot of weight in it, that emotional tears are purposeless. Sure. Yeah, there's a lot to that. All right, so tears are triggered from pain, both physical and emotional. All right, raise your hand <laughs> if you've ever smashed your thumb with a hammer and been brought to tears. Sure, yeah. Neither one of us raised our hands, but we should have. Yeah. Or listeners are raising their hand in their car or wherever (laughs) they are. So, okay, has there ever been a time where you hurt yourself or you were hurt by something, maybe not yourself, and you were brought to tears? Absolutely. I mean, I played sports all through high school, basketball and soccer. Um, There are, you know, a number of instances of of that. I'm trying to think. So last September, um, I opened a valve at work and a new they had put a new thing on the handle, on the other side of the handle to prevent you from over opening it. Okay. From rotating too far with the handle. And I did not know that that thing was on the other side of the handle and the handle was sticky it wouldn't it not sticky but it was sticking and i couldn't get it to so i took my left hand and put it back there to get some leverage and i took my right hand and grabbed the handle and said all right baby you're opening up whether you like it or not and i opened it full force and when i did 
I cut my thumb pretty much in half at the top third of my thumbnail. Yeah, I mean, you can see the scar on it still. Yes. Yeah. And I didn't even realize what I had done. I put my hand basically in between my knees and was like, I really pinched. I, I actually verbally said, I just pinched the crap out of my thumb. And I was wearing blue, those nitrile latex gloves. Yeah. The powderless kind. Yeah. And, uh, and I held my, I just looked and I could see a pie-shaped slice of the floor through my thumb like it was opening like a snake's mouth. Ooh. And I was, I, and then I said, oh my gosh, I've got the rest of the week off. <laughs> and I pulled my glove off really quick and it just dangled like a snake's head, you know, mouth opening. And then I started to go into shock, I think. Um, and you I'm, seem like the kind of person who might pass out when you see yeah. part of your thumb hanging. Oh man. And I, uh, my floor manager came and got me and ushered me away from the scene of the crime. And he said that I instantly started asking for my wife. <laughs> so, and I, so I'm pretty sure there was a tear involved in there somewhere. But tears are, and now we're put back together. It just looks a little different. And it feels like it's asleep in one section all the time. Okay. So that's fun. Yeah. Just... <clears throat> but one day, hopefully, we'll have full feeling in the old left thumb again. Uh, so tears are triggered from pain both physical and emotional and emotions not I mean I got to just list these off emotions could be loss separation of some sort feelings of helplessness here's one after the past 18 months societal pain <laughs> um, sentimentality and also moral dilemma where you may feel that You've got a bridge to cross, and there's just no way you can do it without becoming the bad guy. Okay. Yeah. I thought those were pretty um, pretty good. Yeah, sums, sums it up pretty good. Yeah. Um, all right, so now I'm going to hit you with this. Is there a time in your life where you've had loss or separation or uh, some sort of emotional pain that forced you to tears? Obviously, you're going to say... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, years ago, I think it was, what year is this? This is 21. So, I think about six years ago, I got a phone call that my, now this is the first time in the podcast where I'm going to bear all, uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but about six years ago, I got a phone call that my godfather, I called him my Uncle Doug, that, um, that he was sick, and I knew that he had been struggling but I did not know the level at which he had been struggling. Yeah. Um, and I got a phone call. I was sitting on my beds. I just, I, I'll never forget this. I was looking at this lamp that my wife had at the time, and it was on her dresser. And uh, I just happened to be just looking at that lamp when my mother said that uh, your Uncle Doug, your godfather, your Uncle Doug, is being moved to hospice. Mm. And it's weird how you get... A, your body is thrown into a physiological change. Um, you draw up, your muscles tense, mine did. Um, it's like I got ready for a fight because I, I had been introduced, I had something introduced into my world that I was not prepared for on yeah. any level. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I have thought about... There's times where you think about losing the people that are important to you, you know what I mean? But nothing prepares you for the moment where you find out, okay, that, that we're going into that chapter now. Yeah. Um, and I began to cry. I kind of freaked out, you know? Um, so that's a time in my life where I've had something introduced to, to my world that I was not ready for, and, and the tears began to roll. Um, now, something really interesting that you were around for is the play. You and I have done a lot of theater together. Sure. And uh, your wife and I were in Anne Frank together. And when I was introduced to this, I thought this was a mountain that I was not going to be able to climb. So I, I she got the role uh, that she put in for. I got the role that I put in for. Um, I got Otto Frank and Anne Frank's dad in, in the Diary of Anne Frank. And the play opens with Otto weeping. Um, and what it, well... He walks into a room and after a moment or two he begins he sits down and begins to cry. It opens like that. Yeah. And I had only been in a walking tour of Christmas Carol and then Rumors by is it Neil Simon? Yeah, I think I think that was Neil Simon. So Rumors was the only big one I had done. Yeah. And here we go. And uh, one of our buddies, we call him Dussel because that's who he was in the play. He, uh, and Dussel, you know who you are if you ever hear this. Um, he gave me the book Respect for Acting by Uta Hagen. Okay. What a name, right? And he told me, you need to read this. And I read a couple of, ch- of the chapters that I needed uh, for that. And it was really weird how when the time, I remember the first practice that we had and I had read that. I had put to use some of the things that Uta Hagen had suggested. I'd done my homework on the character, went to the library, studied him, everything. And when the moment came in practice, I was like, oh my gosh, it's actually happening. I'm crying on cue. <laughs> you know, it's kind of magical. Yeah, yeah. Um, but man, it's not magical at all when you're really crying. Yeah. Yeah, when, when something really hits home. When we did a Christmas Carol the the second year, yes, there was talk about second, that second and third year there were there was a scene added in, uh, really out of necessity. It's not in the book, right? Um, right. Is added in for necessity for the way the tour was going, where so I I, I played Bob Cratchit for you know three years in in his production and in second and third year there was a scene where. I had to go try to trade Tiny Tim's crutch <laughs> for a candle to put on his grave. Oh. And the first time I read mm. that, I looked at the director who'd written this, and I was like, "What? What is wrong with you?" <laughs> so that was that was um, it was interesting. It was it was difficult. Um, it's hard for me. It? Um, and 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 part of it was you can. One of the ways that, that, that some people do something like this is they think of uh, maybe a, a moment of loss or a potential moment of loss right. in their life. But if you do that, you can do that so much yeah. before you just numb and it yeah. doesn't work. 
It's amazing what you get used to. And so, you know, you can, I'm, I'm not going to say what, what, what I, what mine was, but I tried that for a little while and it, it, after just a few times, it didn't work. Right. So it, it's, it's really a, it's not an easy thing to, to cry on cue. Nope. So there, there are methods and, and, and ways that people are able to do it, but, um, yeah, kind of some of the ways that you think, oh, well, I could just do this. I could think of this and it'll make me sad and I'll cry. Not necessarily. Maybe it'll work a time or two. Yeah. But, it, you know, you're doing this a couple times a night for several weeks. It's not going to work pretty quickly. Right. Now, the last run of Anne Frank, the final time that I had to do it, I don't know if it was, you know, one of the things I listed here was nostalgia. Was it that? Actually, sentimentality. Yeah. So, yeah, a form of nostalgia. Um, I think that played a role because I was like, "This is it. This is my final chance." Yeah. To represent for this man, yeah. you know what I mean? And dude, I mean, it was weird. They were rolling, yeah. like into my mouth, down my neck, into my shirt. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. And emotions tend to run high on the final night of a production anyway right. yeah. because you've put all that work into it, and this is it. You know, this is the last time you're going to do this. Yeah. So I'm sure that probably played a role in that as well. Well, you killed it as Bob Cratchit, I will say. Oh, thank you. Yep, it was awesome. I had the mutton chops and all. My wife yes. absolutely hated the mutton chops. I love it. I love it. I got pictures. They're great. You know, all right, I'm just going to go ahead and say this now because I thought about it. Since we, since the inception of the podcast, okay, I thought that at Christmas we got to do a deep dive on Christmas Carol. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I just think that would be killer. Like... The story behind how he wrote it and all that, or anything. Okay. Yeah. Oh man, any of it is so good. Did you watch the man? I think it was called the Man Who Made Christmas. No. Uh, it was a production. It was a. It was a movie. Maybe Amazon Prime. I'm not sure. One of the streaming services had okay. it last year. It might have been Hulu. And it was basically the story of of Charles Dickens and how he wrote a Christmas Carol. How he was struggling to come up with another story. Ah. Okay. And it's it, it, was, it was good. It was a good movie. To this day, well, today I walked, my wife and I walked dogs. And to this day, if I see, and I saw one today, I'm having a hard time telling this. If I see one of those real decorative door knockers on a front door, oh, yeah. I think of Jacob Marley. Yeah. And I thought of him this afternoon because I went to walk a dog at a kind of fancy neighborhood. And uh, yeah, there's this, and I'm just, I'm like, man, if that turns into a face, especially in August, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> you know? <laughs> You thought, and you thought of my wife dressed as a ghostly apparition yelling. Yes! So our listeners are unaware until right now that Hannah, Jared's wife, um, she did a bang-up job. I mean, she was an excellent Jacob Marley. She screamed bloody murder at me uh, and shook those cha- chains. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, it was really funny, the... The, oh, it was the second year or the, or the third year, the final year. Yeah. Uh, we had a new Scrooge. Okay. And uh, we didn't, he'd never seen it before. Oh, I know what you're talking about. And yeah, we, yeah, didn't, yeah. we didn't warn him ahead of time. <laughs> so we're doing our first like actual dry run through in the space where the scene is going to take place, yeah, which yeah. was actually the old, uh, it was City Hall. City Hall, old, yeah. The like, it was a federal courthouse built in like the late 1800s, uh, which is where this scene took place. And 
the mankind was my business. She, she, you know, so it starts off, she drops these chains, and so it just kind of echoes in that space. Boom! But she hit that door, and when she hit that big, heavy wooden door, oh, yes. she hit it so hard, he straight up fell out of his chair. Ah, yes! And we're just all sitting there laughing, because we knew it was coming, and we were yeah. just waiting for it. Yeah. But Yeah, see, I was familiar. I knew how she rolled. Yeah, it was just kind of silence, silence, and then this... Bang on the door. Right? Yep. Yep. Knock, knock. That's great. That's awesome. So we're talking about tears and crying. <laughs> and we got off on Christmas Carol. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, it played a role in that. All right, so back to tears. They're triggered from pain, physical and emotional. We talked about that. And uh, sentimentality and nostalgia. Uh, there's three types of tears. All right, I'm interested to see if you've ever heard of these. Okay. All right. Basal, B-A-S-A-L, basal tears. That's what keeps the eye moist 24-7. Okay. It's just, I mean, if, if your eye's functioning normally, it's because you have basal tears. I think I've probably heard the term on, like, maybe a commercial for treatment for dry eye or something. Dry you know, like, eye. Something, yeah. 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 But I didn't know it was a type of tear, so okay. What's the guy's name that does the dry eye? Uh, he was also... Ben... Ben Stiller. Stein. Ben, ben Stiller. Stiller. <laughs> Not Ben Stiller. Ben Stein. <laughs> ben Stein, yeah. yeah. Ben Stein. Yeah, it was, uh, he was also the Bueller. 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 Yeah. Bueller. Um, basal tears contain oil, mucus, H2O, which is also what? Water. Okay. And salt. So oil, mucus, water, and salt. And blinking keeps them spread evenly over the eyeball. Sure. That's interesting. So that's why we blink. Yeah. That and you freak out if you like it really feels weird if you don't blink. Yeah, well if you don't blink your eye sort of starts to burn, which I guess isn't drying out because the tears aren't being spread around, I suppose. You Man, know. they've really gotta be mixed up. Yeah. Cause staring contest does not last long. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Unless you're doing it with a fish. Yeah. Um all right, so basal tears, the second type of tear is irritant tear. Okay. All right, so chopping onions, foreign object in the eye. Yeah. Cough heavily. You know, if you get really choked up at the restaurant, you know, so choked that you, you fart, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, you know, stuff starts to happen that you wouldn't normally let happen out in public. Um, you cough heavily, you could have tears produced. Sure. Um, <laughs> and one of the things I saw was uh, irritant tears form when you vomit. Okay. But a lot happens can happen when you vomit. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. A whole lot, actually. Yeah, especially if you're really sick, like throwing up in the shower and other things are coming out, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got food poisoning when I was a junior in high school, and it was really bad. All right. Uh, number three is uh, <laughs> emotional tears triggered by pain, sense of loss, panic, separation, Anxiety, separation anxiety, and etc. So, um, and what is really weird is that emotional tears seem to be higher in protein. Okay. That's weird to me. Emotional tears are higher in protein. And I couldn't really find out why. Fascinating, yeah. We, we, may, we may not know why. Okay, maybe that's why I couldn't find it out. But you know, to me, education is learning why and then repeating it over and over till you remember. You know? Yeah, but I mean, whether 
whether you believe in some sort of creation or some sort of evolution, you end up with the same, okay, why were we created that way? Or why do we evolve that way? Right. What, what is the purpose of those yeah. tiers being higher in protein? Yeah, and and I guess, you know, that there Darwin haunts us a little with his, well, emotional tears are purposeless. Which I think is really weird. It just yeah, hangs out there I mean, unfinished to me. Yeah, I mean, aside from... That's clearly a sign of somebody who's not dealt with a problem. That's it. Just still doesn't answer the why are they higher in protein. Like right. it doesn't, doesn't answer the question. Right. All right. Now, moving on. Have you ever heard of somebody with an inability to create tears? Uh, I feel like in passing somewhere. Okay. But I don't know anybody personally. I don't know how you. I don't either. I don't know how you pronounce this. S J. O G R E N S Jorgens, C Jorgens. Okay. I feel like I'm slipping into the Swedish shit. It's like a burny, burny, burny. Jorgens syndrome affects uh, moisture-producing glands in the body, uh, and it can affect the nose, the throat, obviously the eyeball. Um, it's mainly in women over the age of 40, and extreme cases somehow affect internal organs. So it's actually something that's developed. It's not something somebody's born with. If it's over the age of forty, I mean that that implies, okay, all right. that would imply that they didn't used to have this and they developed it at some point. Um. Yeah, and the next thing I guess goes along with that. It's an autoimmune disease. Um, and the result of the immune system being seen as the invader in this case is damage to moisture-producing glands. Okay. All right. Um, and the person. I, you know, all right, something else about me. One of my favorite all-time shows ever is Frasier. I know everything about Frasier. Okay. You almost cannot stump me with a question about Frasier. And his brother, Niles, played by David Hyde Pierce, who also incidentally wrote the foreword to Respect for Acting by Uta Hagen. Um, his character, Niles Crane, is unable to produce tears. So I guess he has Sjorgen syndrome. I don't remember that from the show, but yeah, but I, I only ever watched it through once, and I'm not sure if I actually watched all of it. So I enjoy it. I just haven't really watched it. Um, one of the, of course, so the main symptom of Sjorgen's is dryness, and I've already said that some sufferers experience problems with internal organs. The doctor will examine the person's blood, urine, and saliva to determine if the patient has. Sjorgen syndrome. Alright, evidently there are two main views on crying and why we do it. So moving from tears to the actual which you, I guess it's a behavior behavioral response. Okay. Um, crying, weeping, sobbing. So we have a couple of participles that go along with it. Um, the first, and I got this off of pubmed.gov the first, uh, it serves as homeostasis and facilitates recovery from a stressful situation. Okay. It kind of brings you back to neutral. Um, that's probably up for debate. Yeah, when, I yeah. mean, I, I could see if you talk, uh, you know, uh, maybe this is just something that, that I mainly think of with, with children, but I suppose it happens with others. If you're like really sobbing, 
like having that that real strong emotional response. The Walmart kid. There's a lot of like there's a lot of deep breaths. Okay. And in its own way, that sort of helps. You know. Oh yeah. Okay, I got that, you. That that real real deep you know breathing, gasping for air sort of yeah thing. Kind of you know on its own sort of helps calm down. You know, it's it's not. Huh. It's not the only resolution, but if you think about it, you, you think, okay, well, what does this person need to do? Well, stop, take some deep breaths, you know. Well, their body is basically doing that on its own, huh. in a way. It's kind of like uh, soldiers singing a tune while they run. It's forcing you to breathe in a certain way to keep you from falling out. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's a halfway decent comparison. Um, so the the first view is it serves as homeostasis and facilitates recovery. The second took me a second to understand. The second view is that it produces a highly aroused state that increases behavior that would stop the tears. The oh. look you have on your face is kind of what I did. Okay. So it produces a highly route. I guess it get the second view is it gets you to a point where you're like, okay, I got to deal with this. But I would be more of the first camp that it serves as homeostasis and facilitates recovery and gets you back to neutral. To get you back to neutral, I'm adding, is to make it sound a little simpler. Yeah, no, it's what homeostasis. I mean, is yeah, yeah, gets you on level ground. And crying releases endorphins and oxy. Oxytocin. Oxytocin, okay. Yeah, and these help relieve emotional distress. Your body's feel-good drugs. Right. Yeah. So, I think um, this one really does pretty much make us human, it seems. Okay. Doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that we really see either only in humans or mainly just in humans depending on um, your view on elephants or, or whatever um, it uh, it's definitely I mean yeah it's definitely a human quality I guess right and I've often thought if we ever find I have actually thought about this before this week if you know, with all the UFO stuff becoming a little bit more acceptable <laughs> last year, and you know, as this has gotten that's gotten weird how that all of a sudden has gone from fringe to mainstream news with these naval videos that have come out um, from the Navy, not naval videos, but from the Navy. Um, one thing that I would say would be very interesting if we discovered other extraterrestrials that were sentient is hey, do you guys cry? You know, I would be I'd be interested. Do you have a physiological response that happens, a behavioral change, when your world gets rocked a little bit? You know, that would be very interesting. I mean, the first question is probably, hey, do you have eyeballs? <laughs> I mean, but I guess I guess with that definition, it wouldn't necessarily have to be well, not crying in the sense of what we think of it. Right. It's just a response. And hey, shout out to the Cambrian explosion. I guess not every planet went through the Cambrian period where the eyeball was formed, you know? But uh, 
Anyway, I just said shout out to the Cambrian explosion. You you did. Yeah, somebody somewhere just was like, oh yeah. Um, but yeah, and then, everybody else was like, wow, this guy's a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, this one makes us. Um, this one actually makes us human. And you think about what makes you cry. Um, and if you think about what makes you cry, it makes you think about the framework that you've created in life that keeps you in homeostasis. Your family or your lack of family, whether you may, some people may have put distance between sadly, between themselves and family so that they can stay in neutral and not freak out or surround yourself. I would suggest that you get over the hurdles and surround yourself with your family. But, um, so, and your framework in your life, you know, it, uh, we live in an extremely secular society now. But uh, me and you, you and I are both men of faith. Um, you probably more so than me in certain aspects. I think you're better at some of that than I am. But I think that it's important that in that homeostasis, you not only have the things of this world to hold you in place, but uh, I mean, even Immanuel Kant said, there's a super nerd again. Even Immanuel Kant said, only two things hold me in awe the starry sky above me and the moral law within me. You know, and he, that. So you got to look at there's something greater than myself that helps me get through life. You know, and I got to look at that. And if you have a good framework, then eventually something in that framework is rocked and the tears start rolling. Did that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think in our society, it's so easy and so many people just focus on themselves to the exclusion of other people. And I think that that uh, that really explains a lot of what we see in society. Huh, yeah. So This was a heavy one, but I think we did pretty good with it. Yeah. I, I had no idea how this episode was going to go going into it. So. I did not either. Because I didn't want it to be super weighty. I didn't, want to, I didn't want to make people cry talking about crying. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but I think next week is going to be a doozy. All right. Yeah, because of a conversation that you and I had earlier. It uh, may be on something I'm thinking, okay. and it might not, and that's okay. But I think our listeners... Are really gonna want to tune in. All right, yeah. Um, I haven't, I haven't really decided next week, but we'll uh, we'll see. It's gonna be good. Whatever it is, I know it's gonna yeah, be good. Absolutely. Yeah. So, folks, uh, hope you join us again next week. You can find us on social media at WMUH Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can email us wmuhpodcast at gmail.com. We always love to hear from our listeners. Please leave us a review if whichever platform you're listening to this on allows you to do that. That is a great way to help other people find the episode as well as sharing it on social media and sharing it in person with with people that you think might, might enjoy it. Anything else, John? I think that's it. All right, folks. We will see you next week. Five-star review.